1: Fear will stop us quicker than anything. The enemy will use fear against us. He doesn't want us stepping out. He wants to keep us afraid. So choosing to be chosen is choosing to say yes. It's just saying yes to God, whatever, whatever comes, life or death. You're listening to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about strengthening
0: the relationships that mean the most to you. I'm Jill Savage, and I live in normal Illinois. I'm committed to talking honestly about the messy, less than perfect, but normal stuff of life. I'm so glad you've joined me. Well, welcome back to the No More Perfect Podcast. So I have a question for you today. What is a crazy dream that God has dropped in your heart? Is there a door that God seems to be opening that you're afraid to walk through? I mean, for many of us, the default answer to dreams or opportunity is no. But today we're gonna explore the question, what if we say yes? So my guest calls these calls or opportunities, God dares. Kate Battistelli is living proof that God can and will use anyone if they're willing to be used. She's an author, a podcaster, and mom to Grammy award-winning artist Francesca Battistelli, which makes her Mimi to Francesca's six children. Welcome to the No More Perfect podcast, Kate. Thank you so much, Jill. I am excited to be here today. Oh, I'm thrilled to have you. So, um, for those of you listening, Kate and I uh, and our hubbies recently met at the Ignite Women's Conference in St. Louis uh, that both Kate and I spoke at, and the four of us really enjoyed getting to know each other. In fact, you and Mike snuck into the back row of the workshop that Mark and I did on marriage.
1: Yeah, we learned a lot. Honestly, we looked at each other and went, shoot, I wish we'd known that 20 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that was so
0: fun to have you guys in there. Poor that Mark and, and Mark and Mike, they were like uh, you know, one of the few guys there. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, they were moral encouragement to one another. But anyway, um, I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to explore this concept of The God Dare with you, and uh, because that's the name of your newest book, Mm -hmm. uh, The God Dare. And, uh, you know, before we jump into what a God Dare is and why it should matter in our life, uh, you've got a really unique story about part of your story took place on Broadway. You know, this was something I hadn't, uh, I think it was Kathy Cook that actually pulled it up on your website and showed me the picture and told me this little behind the scenes of your life. So share with our listeners a little bit about that part
1: of your story. Well, you know, it's just one of those crazy things that God drops in your life. Now, this is before I knew the Lord. I didn't meet the Lord till I was 29. So I was one of those heathens, you know, in New York, (laughs) pursuing fame and fortune in the whole Broadway, New York theater world. Yep. And I was 26 at the time. And I I went out to audition for the understudy for The Leading Lady in The King and I, starring Yul Brynner, this big national tour that was going to go all around the country for a few years. So I was going out for the understudy because I was just kind of young to be the leading lady but I ended up getting the part which was exciting you know I packed my my steamer trunk and went on the road thinking well I'll make some money this will be great I'll never get to go on because it's rare that an understudy really gets to go on especially for a part like that Well about 2 months into the run of the show I I come into the theater at seven fifteen because remember this is before cell phones before internet before this is the darkest right ages. yes so, I mean you know so you couldn't get a hold of me during the day and I was probably out shopping I don't remember what I was doing but I come into the theater at seven fifteen for an eight o'clock show the stage manager literally runs up to me grabs me by the shoulders and says she's sick you're on. And in that moment, I mean, my life flashed before my eyes because you, I've rehearsed the show. You rehearsed with the stage manager, so I knew my part. But I mean, Yul Brenner, back in those days, if if you know him, if you remember, everybody's seen the Ten Commandments. He was Pharaoh, the original king in the movie mm-hmm. of the King and I, a big star. And I'm, you know, this little understudy, you know, not knowing what I'm doing. I knew what I was doing. But in that moment, you learn very quickly. Sometimes you just have to do it afraid. I was getting paid to do this. This was my job, but I'd never worn the costumes, never handled the props. You know, those are big hoop skirts. I would rehearse in one, but it was just like a little shell of one. So putting that thing on, and those are heavy, but... So I wow. go out, I ended up doing the show. I didn't die. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, you think there's no way I can do this, but I did. I ended up doing it for two weeks because the leading lady was out sick with pneumonia. Well, she comes back to the show and I went back to the chorus because that's what you do. But about a month later, I get a call one morning from one of the producers and he says, we've bought out the leading ladies to your contract and Yul Brynner wants you in the part." And I mean, again, my life flashed before my eyes because it does not happen that way. Understudies never take over for a lead. They always bring in somebody from New York or L.A. And I just thought, what's what's happening to me? But I said yes, ended up doing the show for almost three years, about a thousand performances all around the country. But the best part about this whole thing was my husband, Mike, joined the tour. He joined as the associate conductor. I didn't know him yet, but we... Fell in love across the footlights. I could see him in the orchestra pit. He (laughs) thought I was a much older British woman and found out I was, you know, a kid from New Jersey in my twenties, but we fell in love, ended up leaving the show in 1983. So this was 80, 80 to 83. I was involved with King and I, we left and still pursuing careers in New York. He was in a, he was a conductor, radio city, Music Hall, Broadway shows, doing all that. I wanted literally to just be a star. I thought I want to be famous And that was my goal in life. Well, about six months later, we had a friend in New York that was a Jewish gal that just born again, Jewish woman kept inviting us to church. She just bugged us over and over, would invite us. And we kept saying no, because we were like, yeah, we don't need church. You know, I kind of know God, but I don't need to go to church. Well, you know, she wore us down. Eventually you get to that point where it would be rude one more time to say no. So we said, Oh gosh, all right, we'll just get this over with. We'll go. We went with her on a Friday night. It was an all black church in Jamaica, Queens, about 2000 people. We were the only white faces. She sat us in the front row. And, you know, at the end of the night when he gave the altar call, our hands went up and we literally never looked back from that time. But, um, and then it was about a year. We had our daughter the year later A year after that, we started getting this stirring in our spirits. And we were young Christians. We were new, but we had some good counsel. You know, we had people around us that were mature. We just both had this sense in our spirit that this was not the path God had for us. So, I mean, I consider this my first God dare because we ended up laying down our careers, walking away from everything into, you know, home business, homeschooling. We moved back to... we both been raised in New Jersey. So we moved back there and then ended up down in Orlando for 20 years where we raised our daughter. But it was just one of those things where you think, I don't know. I We we just didn't really know what to do other than to obey the Lord. So it was just a really interesting time. But to me, I look back now and think, God, you were daring us to leave, you know, to just lay it down. And I'm, I'm so glad today that I did because I just want a fame and fortune, you know, and God, right. can't use, he can't use that. I mean, I guess he can, if you're, if he can, he can if use it because I see him using it in my daughter, but her, her whole goal was to make his name famous. And it still is. That's really all she cares about. You know, she could just be a worship leader somewhere and probably be happy. She, the whole fame and fortune, well, not much fortune in Christian music, but <laughs> the whole fame part is not her thing. You know, she just would, she's an introvert. So she'd probably rather just be home with her six babies and live in life, but you know, she has this yeah. call on her life, so she's fulfilling it, you know, so. Right, right.
0: Ah, uh, what a neat story. Thank you so Crazy. much for sharing that. Oh, yeah. I love that. So your book, The God Dare, you know, one of the things I know as a writer is every book has a story behind it or it's, you know, there's a story about how it kind of came about. And like Mm -hmm. you said, you now can look back and see that that was probably the first God dare in your life when you you felt like God was saying to leave what your dream was. Mm -hmm. But talk about the story of writing the God dare book. Why did you write it? Why did you think it was important?
1: And what does the phrase God dare mean to you? Well, it goes back to writing my first book, When I wasn't a writer, at least not a trained writer, I, I had, we'd homeschooled our daughter for about, you know, she was, well, we'd homeschooled her for a number of years in Florida, in the Orlando area. And by this point, when she'd left home, she was living in Nashville. She'd signed a record deal. She started getting songs on the radio. So her name was getting known. Well the gal that ran the big homeschool organization we were part of called me up one day to say, "Hey, we're having our 20th anniversary. We want you and Mike to come and tell us what did you do to raise your daughter to, you know, to follow the Lord and pursue her dreams and uh, you know that kind of thing." And I was on the phone with her and she said, "Would you come speak?" And I said, sure, we'd love to. And I hung up the phone and I looked at Mike and said, what the heck did we do? You know, because, <laughs> you know, you're not following a, there, there's no real manual to raise children. You just kind of do it according to biblical principles. Well, we sat down and talked about it. We actually came up with 15 solid things that we'd done. And I thought, okay, we we weren't too bad. We were, mm-hmm. you know, we had some good things that we did. So we gave our talk a couple of weeks later, went over those 15 things. And the next day I'm praying, just worshiping the Lord, thanking him that it went well, because that was probably one of my very first times speaking. And just as I thank God for those 15 things, I haven't heard the Lord speak in my spirit many times, but this time I heard him very clearly. I thanked him for those 15 things, and he said, those are book chapters. And I thought, Lord, you, you know I'm not a writer. I mean, I'm not a parenting expert. Who's going to read it? I have no platform. No one will publish it. Just a million reasons why I can't do what you're telling me to do, Lord. Mm -hmm. I just kept hearing that over and over. And I thought, all right, now what do I do with this? Well, I found out a friend was a writing coach. So I called her up and said, please meet me at Panera and tell me this is not a book. (laughs) And so, (laughs) so we meet and I show her these 15 things. And I say, this isn't a book, is it? She said, she looks at it and says, Yep, it's a book. These are book chapters. I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna get you started and we're gonna get it published. And she did. And, and and you know, she really helped me. I ended up getting it published. And after that I thought, Lord, you dared me, didn't you? You triple dog dared me to write a book when I, I don't even have a college degree. I went to four colleges in two years, but I didn't graduate from any of them. But I like to tell people I did get on the dean's list. So, <laughs> but, you know, my, Back in those days, my goal was to go to New York. And I thought, I, college isn't helping me. I need to go do what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I, I knew the Lord was daring me. And I wrote a little blog post on my blog called The God Dare, because I started looking at scripture differently. I wanted to go. Th- I went, Lord, if you are doing this for me, you dared me. I know you dare. To other people. I know this has to be in the word. So I started looking and I saw it all through scripture. I mean, it's the way God calls you, but it, to me, it felt like a dare. So I, my friend that worked at the publishing house said, you know, you should turn this into a book. And I thought, all right. So I just started writing chapters. Now this is back in 2012. It took me till couple of years ago to finally get the book out. Cause there were certain things I did not want to put in the book until God mm. made me do it. But I started looking at biblical characters. So it's a lot of my life, but it's 14 different Bible heroes that we all know and love, but just the different ways that God would dare them to step out. And mm. I always say the impossible is God's comfort zone. That's what he can do. The impossible. I can't do that. I can do what's possible, but through me, through all of us, if we're truly following and listening to the Lord, he can do anything. He can do miracles. So I just, you know, it just, that that's how it all happened. That's how the book came about. And it's just crazy to me, but the Lord's never done anything um, normal in my life. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I my, understand. I, I wonder what next. Cause I look at my life today and if you told me back in 2012, Kate, in two years, you're going to have two published books. You're going to be speaking. You're going to be part of a podcast. I said, you're crazy. That's just not me. There's no way. But because I stepped out, he was able to do things. And I I like to say we have to choose to be chosen to change the world. We have to choose to say yes to the Lord when he asks us to do that crazy thing. When he says, get out of your comfort zone, I have more for you to do. And I think yeah. so many of us, especially when you're older, I was in my fifties when I started this, it, it, people don't do that. But when God tells you to, you, you obey, you just do what he's saying. And I think so many of us think, you know, God passed over me or I'm too old or, or my favorite one, I messed up too much in my past. And if that's mm. true, then then he would never have used me because like I said, I didn't come to meet the Lord till I was 29. So I did all the things everything you shouldn't have done. I probably did it. And God, but he still uses me because yes. I, I love him. I've turned my life over to him. He's forgiven my sin, which took me a long time to get to the point where I accepted that for some things that I had done. But now I know and I and I hope your listeners know no matter what it is, he's nailed it to the cross. If you've yeah. accepted him, it is dead. He doesn't even see it anymore. And I think we forget that. We we live back there, but God sees us according to our destiny, not our history. And yes. if we can remember that, it's it'll change the world.
0: Yes, yes. And you were, you were very honest in the book. Uh, you shared about experiencing infertility, miscarriage, and abortion at 18, four failed adoption attempts. Yeah. And all of that really wreaked havoc on your life. I'm guessing some of those were things that, you know, in 2012, you weren't ready to share and, right. and God was like, no, 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 we need, we need to do this. Yeah. So why did it end up being important to you to share so openly about those?
1: Well, I think, especially with the abortion now, I hadn't told anybody about that in forty years. This was back in the seventies before even before Roe v Wade It's a long time ago, and I was young and I thought i i don't I can't get pregnant, you know I can't have a baby. I didn't tell my parents. I might've told one friend, I've told my husband, of course, I had not even told my daughter. And that mm. was another reason I was terrified to put this out there. Cause I thought she'll just think I'm horrible. Of course she didn't. She understood and forgave me. She knew that was a different life, but I was not willing to, to put that in there until another gal that I was on her podcast. And she talked about it so openly. And I thought, How can you just talk about that? But then the Lord was just like, this needs to go in the book because there are people that are going to need to know this, that you went through something awful. And back in those days, abortion was shameful. It was, you felt guilt and shame. It wasn't something you were proud of and trumpeted from the rooftops like they do today. It was an awful thing. It was Mm -hmm. very shameful. So I carried that for all those years until the Lord literally set me free. He just... Said that's I'm done with that. You need to be done with it too. So mm. I encourage women that have gone through so you know, when we go through something like that or something else ugly in our past, we think it prohibits us from being used by the Lord, but that's yeah. just a lie from the enemy. He the enemy wants us to not do anything because yeah. then nothing happens. The world's not changed. Yeah.
0: So- and I like how you it said uh you call that ex- excuse paralysis.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah. you're right. I mean, mm-hmm. that is a part. Of excuse paralysis, we become paralyzed by the excuses. I've messed up too much. All of those things that you mentioned earlier, and yeah. then it keeps us from moving forward. It does. So, talk about something that you call the ninety degree turn, <laughs> and uh, talk about that and why yeah. that's important well,
1: in that's the god like- dare. Oh yeah. You know, cause God often will just say, you're doing this. Nope. Now you're doing this. Like for us leaving the theater and making a complete turn the opposite direction where we just both kind of went, well, now what do we do? Because we hadn't really lived that life. I mean, Mike had been a teacher, so he, he had done other things, but this had been my role forever to, to mm-hmm. pursue this. But now we had a child and we're living in New Jersey homeschooling before it was even a thing really Right and and yeah, I mean those are those are the dark ages of homeschooling, but it was it was a great experience, and I'm glad I did it. But the Lord's just done that many times where we're living one place, and He says, "Nope, you're supposed to move and go here, or quit that job and do this." It just it's just happened over and over, but that's always change comes along with that. I mean that is change, but at the same time, if you obey, if it's the Lord, there's going to be fruit. Something good is going to come out of it. So. I've always been happy to do it. It's not always easy, yeah. but if you know it's the Lord, and that one thing I always tell people, if you think God's daring you to step out and do something, ask him for confirmation. He will confirm mm-hmm. it. Go to the mature Christians that you know, get them to pray for you. You don't want to give up everything and move to the other side of the world to be a missionary unless God has seriously called you. So get you know, get somebody to pray with you. Ask the Lord to confirm it because he will he he's not going to let you do something crazy yeah. as long as you're following him.
0: Well, and you know, one of the things that, uh, I've learned is sometimes you have to make those 90 degree turns without understanding. Mm-hmm. And that's the hardest part mm-hmm. is because you're, you don't yet see the whole picture. You don't right. yet understand the why behind it. And, So I think that it's, uh, you know, oftentimes when you, you don't, you sense a calling or you sense that you're supposed to do something, but it just doesn't even make sense. Right. And so that really comes down to our trust. Do we Mm -hmm. trust God that he can see things we can't? Do Mm -hmm. we trust him that we have, that he has our best interest at heart? And do we trust him with what is yet unseen with us? Yeah, And that's scary, isn't it?
1: It's very scary. He only will give you one day at a time. I look at Abraham. God calls Abraham, says, leave everything, you know, leave your family, leave your homeland, leave the gods that you believe in. Go to a land that I'll show you. I- I'm not going to tell you, I'll show you. You just have to obey and do what I'm telling you to do. And because Abraham says, yes, God accounts it to him as righteousness, so sometimes just in that obedience, that it pleases the Lord. And even though Abraham, we know he messed up, he did some things he shouldn't have done. But yet without him, we wouldn't have what we have today. He was the beginning of it all. And you think about that, that he was willing to to step out when he couldn't see the end from the beginning. And rarely can we. We don't, we don't know what God has in store. It's just up to us to obey. And he purposely doesn't tell us because if we could see it all, it might be terrifying. We might mm-hmm. go, that's too much, Lord. I can't do that. But day by day, we build up our courage and it can start to evolve that way. So I just, I see that all over scripture too, that the way it just doesn't happen. God doesn't lay it out. He Mm -mm. makes us trust him.
0: Yeah. He shines a light on the next step, but there Mm -hmm. might, there's, you know, a hundred more steps after that. Yeah. And you know, you said something a little bit earlier, but I, I want to come back and sit here for a moment. You said I had to do it scared. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I had to do it. And I think that we wait for the fear to go away. Right, Like we think, okay, it'll be, you know, I'll know it's the right thing to do when that fear goes away. Mm. And it's oftentimes that we have to, that's where we have to find the courage
1: mm-hmm. to do it scared fear is often a good indicator that it is God, because it typically will be too big. What, what what do you need God for if you can do it on your own? He wants you to depend on him. I mean, that's just the whole point to me. We have to depend on him for every breath and every moment. And I think when we are afraid, that's probably God. Again, pray, get confirmation, all that stuff. But if you're terrified, I mean, for me to write a book was crazy. For me to do half the things I'm doing have been scary, but he also proves that he's there. It's like, I call it like a, like you're bungee jumping with the Lord in the natural. You wouldn't, I would not be caught dead bungee jumping. I just think it looks terrifying and horrible, (laughs) but in the (laughs) spiritual realm, I'm happy to jump because I know the Lord will catch me. He is not going to let me crash on the rocks below. If he's calling me to do it, then he has to, he has to be there to catch me and he has Mm -hmm. to equip me. And he has, I mean, I, I, I always knew I could write. I liked writing. I journaled, but I never would have called myself a writer, but God said, this is what I'm calling you. And I obeyed. And now, you know, working on my third book, it just makes no sense, but God doesn't always make sense. He's not easy. We're never going to figure him out. I don't even Mm -hmm. think in heaven we'll figure him out and he doesn't want to be figured out. He's, he's just what he is. He's inscrutable. So, but Mm -hmm. our job is to obey. And if we <laughs> obey, we can change the world.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the things that you include in the book is um, something at the end of each chapter called God Dare Secrets. So what what are those? And then can you just share a few secrets with us?
1: <laughs> yeah, those are just those things the Lord has taught me over the years, like the impossible is God's comfort zone. Just He'll drop these things in my spirit and I, I I'll just put him down as like a little secret. There's just a little extra thing that the Lord has shown me. One that I, I like a lot is when, when you step out and do a new thing, God gives you a new name. I couldn't have called myself an author or a podcaster, but because I stepped out, God can now say that about me. I can say that about myself. We get a new name when we follow the Lord. So little things like that, choosing to be chosen to change the world. I have a lot of those at the end of each chapter and and scriptures and then questions. If somebody wants to use the book as a Bible study, you can do that because there's plenty of questions at the end. Talk about that, choosing
0: to be chosen to change the world. Talk about that. What exactly do you mean by that?
1: I, it's saying yes. I think of the story of Reinhard Bonnke. He was, you know, who he was the like the Billy Graham of Africa. Millions okay. came into the kingdom through Reinhard Bonnke. He would tell a story how the Lord made it very clear to him that he was his third choice. He was not his first choice. But the other two men that he gave this opportunity to turned him down. We can say no to God. But Reinhard Bonnke said yes and changed the world. Millions came into the kingdom. And I always think about those two men that said, no, they're going to get to heaven. They're probably already there because this was a while ago. And God's going to say, look what I had for you. And because you were afraid, you turned it down. Mm. I don't want to be that. I'm terrified to get to heaven and have missed something God had for me. And fear will fear will stop us quicker than anything. The enemy will use fear against us. He doesn't want us stepping out. He wants to keep us afraid. So choosing to be chosen is choosing to say yes. It's just saying yes to God, whatever, whatever comes, life or death. You know, God... Talks about Jesus said it's a narrow road that we follow and few find it. It's a very narrow road following him and obeying and doing only what he would have us do. And in in this world that we live in, in this crazy world, it may lead to martyrdom. I, for one, want to be willing, I want to have the courage to say yes if that's what he calls me to. I don't want it. That scares me. But at the same time, I pray all the time. I'm like, Lord, don't let me be one who falters don't let me be one who turns away from you at the end that I count my life more important than, than, than your purpose and being in heaven with you. I I don't want it to happen to me. I hope it doesn't, but if it does, I want to be willing to say yes. And I Mm -hmm. think that's what the Lord is looking for. Mm -hmm. He wants our yes.
0: Yeah. I have a friend uh, that just recently wrote a book is your yes on the table. My yes Mm -hmm. is on the table and that's, it's like, just having a heart that's ready to uh, yeah. to say yes. I love that. Well, this has been a great conversation. I am so grateful. Kate, one of the things that just struck me is, uh, you know, we haven't talked about your daughter's music at all. And for those that haven't, uh, aren't familiar with Francesca's music, you know, I encourage you to to check out her music. Do you have a favorite
1: song of Francesca's? I I love Defender, which she, uh, I think Rita Springer wrote the song, but it's a wonderful song. I love Free to Be Me, which is her first big hit, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's so funny when she, when she wrote that song, she was 20. She just had a little car accident, which, you know, just made her so upset. And she's driving home from this accident and crying out to the Lord. And God literally drops this song into her spirit. She sang it for us the next morning. And I said, Franny, I don't know what to tell you, but that's a number one song. And it wasn't until a few years later that that was her first big single. It was the first single by a female in eight years to hit number one. It was nominated for a Grammy. And somehow God just, he would show me things about her as she was, as we were raising her And I tell people, dig deep with the Lord. He'll give you those little glimpses of their future. And our job is to pray into them, not tell the world, but just pray into that. And when it happened, I wasn't surprised. I was thrilled, but I knew when she played it, I said, I, I, that all I can tell you is that's a number one song and the Lord, the way he's used her and used her music all over the world, just, it blows my mind knowing that I had her knowing my past It's just the Lord says, yeah, I don't care about that. I have a purpose for her life. It doesn't matter what you did. I'm going to use her. So Mm -hmm. no matter what we've done in our past, if we're following the Lord, he can do miracles through us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you think back to when you guys were um, impressed that you were to leave New York Mm -hmm. and, you know, God was preparing you to be in a place to raise her because he knew he had that call on her life. Right. So that's the, that's the, 20 steps down the road but you could only see the the one in front of you right so going, what <laughs> we're supposed <to> do what <laughs> exactly oh my goodness so you also are part of a
1: podcast share mm-hmm. about your podcast yeah it's called the mom to mom podcast and what it, what's different about it is it's three generations of moms we have one gal in her 40s one in her 50s and i'm in my 60s so uh, there are a lot of mothering podcasts out there that are young women speaking to young women and which is great that has its place but we've got the generations between us we have 16 kids which is crazy love i think it. 47 years of homeschooling though it's not a homeschooling podcast and we talk about anything and everything that has to do with motherhood so it's it's really interesting it's just a little bit different and people seem to like it so that's a I good love thing
0: It that's great i love it so where is the best place for people to find you online
1: well, Instagram, Twitter, it's all at Kate Battistelli, and then KateBattistelli.com is my website. So probably Instagram and Facebook are where I interact the most with people more than mm-hmm. Twitter.
0: Well, this has been a great conversation. Would you be willing to um pray for our audience as we Oh sure.
1: Yeah, let's I'd be be do happy that. to. Oh, Lord, we just come to you with humility and we are so grateful, so grateful that you just even pay attention to us, that you love us, that you died for us. And Lord, I just ask for the for the folks that are listening, Lord, that you would give them the courage to follow through. I know you have a call for each and every one of them, even if they think they've been passed over or forgotten. I know that they haven't. And I know, Lord, that you want to speak to their spirit and encourage them to step out and do that thing you're calling them to do. Each of us is here to change the world. Yeah. And I pray, Lord, that you would just really minister to these ladies' hearts, that They will know that they know that it's you that's calling them and that they will have the courage to step out and do that crazy thing, that thing that you just think there's no way that can't be me. Well, it can be you. It was me and it made no sense, but it made sense to the Lord. So I pray that you'll just be willing to do what he's calling you to do, to step out and take your God there. We thank you, Lord, Lord. and we pray in Jesus name. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen.
0: Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow so you don't miss any future conversations. You can find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over on jillsavage.org podcast. I hang out on Facebook and Instagram and would love to connect with you there. You can find me under the name jillsavage.author. One more thing: We have three free eBooks that we'd love to give you. You can find them at jillsavage.org/free. See you next week, where we'll have another conversation about the real stuff of life and relationships.